You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, April 30th, 2023. We are now two weeks removed from the Ohio State Spring Game and the 2023 NFL Draft has just concluded. Six Buckeyes came off the board. In the first round, quarterback C.J. Stroud was taken number two overall by the Houston Texans. That makes Stroud the highest drafted quarterback in Ohio State history. Left tackle Paris Johnson Jr. was taken sixth overall by the Arizona Cardinals. Receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba was taken 20th by the Seattle Seahawks. Defensive end Zach Harrison was taken in the third round, number 75 overall by the Atlanta Falcons. Right tackle Dewan Jones. Now, he didn't go until the fourth round, pick number 111 to the Cleveland Browns. That was a bit of a surprise. Luke Whipler, also a bit of a surprise. He didn't go to the sixth round, pick number 190, also to the Browns. Man, Jones and Whipler falling that far Again, a bit of a surprise. Whipler especially. Uh, seems like they both would have been better served staying in Columbus for another season, making another run at a national title. I know Justin Fry would have loved that. I certainly would have loved that. The other interesting development, for the second straight year, only one Buckeye defensive player drafted. That was Zach Harrison. Last year, it was Tyreek Smith. Ronnie Hickman, Tanner McAllister, and Cam Brown all went undrafted this year. And maybe that explains why the back end of the Ohio State defense was so dreadful when it mattered last season. Now, Hickman, McAllister, and Brown will all look to sign on somewhere as undrafted free agents. So, look, if you're a fan like me and you absorb a lot of content from all the various Ohio State news outlets, then you know there is a lot of analysis out there right now about what happened during the spring for the Buckeyes. A lot of opinions, a lot of news, not all of it. Uh, you know, particularly newsworthy. So what I've tried to do is distill all of that analysis down to what I see as four key areas coming out of the spring that will determine whether Ohio State competes for a national championship in 2023. Those areas are quarterback, offensive line, specifically the tackles, defense, specifically the safeties, and finally the health of the roster and mitigating devastating injuries. Those are the four make or break areas for the 2023 Buckeyes. And I think if any one of them breaks the wrong way for Ohio State, it can completely derail their title hopes. On the other hand, if the coaching staff can effectively manage them, you know, then watch out. This could be a really fun, memorable season. And right now that's where my money is. I I, I expect the Ohio State coaching staff to manage all these areas well. But let's start with quarterback. And that's the first area I want to look at. That is, as they say, the most important position on the field. Now, of the four areas I just mentioned, this is the one that least concerns me. It's far more an area of intrigue for me than concern. And I say that in part because I have the utmost faith in Ryan Day as a developer of quarterback talent. That is his elite trait as a head coach. And his track record in this area speaks for itself. Three straight first-year starters to New York as Heisman finalists. And all three of those players, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, and C.J. Stroud, went on to be first-round draft picks. Now, I also really trust this skill talent around the quarterback this year. And whether it's junior Kyle McCord or sophomore Devin Brown, they're going to be thrown to the best receiver group in the country, led by Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka. 
They're also going to have a very deep room of running backs to work with. A healthy Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams are about as good a duo at running back as you're going to find in the country. And then you have Dallin Hayden and Chip Trainum, who both played very well when their numbers were called last season. And Trainum, for what it's worth, had a nice spring game, 110 yards on eight carries and a touchdown. You also have a healthy Evan Pryor as another back in that room to get excited about. Now, assuming none of those kids transfers out before the fall, that will be one of the deepest running back rooms in the country. There's no doubt about it. Now, it was disappointing we didn't get to make a side-by-side comparison of McCord and Brown in the spring game because of the injury to a finger on Brown's throwing hand. Now, Brown is going to be just fine. He'll be ready for fall camp, but he had to sit out the spring game. Now, I thought as a result of that injury, Kyle McCord had a chance to really get a stranglehold on the starting job, really slam the door you know, on the competition with an impressive performance in the spring game. But I thought McCord was just fine. He wasn't bad. He was, he was fine. 18 to 34, 184 yards and a touchdown pass. Now, it's worth mentioning in McCord's defense, he was without Emeka Buka, Julian Fleming, Travion Henderson, and Cade Stover, who all sat the spring game out recovering from injuries. Marvin Harrison Jr. only played a couple of series in that game before he was, you know, sent to the bench. And as we know, the offensive line is still in a state of flux. Still, I was hoping to see a little more from McCord than we did. And I think he left the door ajar for Devin Brown to make a real run at the starting job in the fall. Now, you put a gun to my head. I think McCord probably wins the job, but I'm not going to count out Brown at this stage. Now, whether it's McCord or Brown, I think it's realistic to expect a drop-off in the play at quarterback this season because C.J. Stroud, look, he was so good, so special the last two seasons. Right? Players like Stroud don't go on, grow on trees. And his greatness... You know, was validated on Thursday night when the Texans made him the number two pick in the draft. But I still think Ryan Day has two really good options in McCord and Brown to work with this fall. I'm really not worried about it. And I expect the winner of this competition to be highly productive, you know, among the best, the best quarterbacks in the country this season. I would not be surprised if one of them ends up in New York as a Heisman finalist. I mean, that's what we've come to expect under Ryan Day with first year starting quarterbacks. So, you know, suffice to say, I'm pretty bullish on the quarterback situation with McCord and Brown, even in the face of losing such a special talent in C.J. Stroud to the NFL draft. Now, probably the only thing other than injuries, knock on wood, that would derail either quarterback this season would be troubles along the offensive line, which brings me to the second key area to watch. And this is probably my biggest area of concern, which is offensive tackle. Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones, they're gone. They're now members of the Arizona Cardinals and Cleveland Browns. And many of the experts are going to tell you what we're seeing now along the offensive line and that tackle are the chickens coming home to roost from the end of the Greg Stradawa era at Ohio State. Stud just did not do his job on the recruiting trails the last couple of seasons in Columbus. Consequently, there is nobody the caliber of Johnson or Jones next in line to replace them at left and right tackle. So that's a major concern. Now, it looks like Josh Fryer, who was their sixth man on the O-line in 2022, is in line to start at left tackle. Fryer was a three-star prospect out of Indiana, the number 510 player in the 2020 class. And while he has become a good, solid player at Ohio State, you know, Fryer is going to be several notches below Paris Johnson Jr. as a tackle. And there's good reason to expect a pretty big drop off at that position in 2023. And coming out of the spring, you know, look, there are still major questions at right tackle. 
Junior Zen Mikulski and sophomore Tegra Shabola are battling for that job. Mikulski was a four-star player out of Indiana, the number 306 player in the 2021 class, according to 24-7 Sports. Shabola, who, by the way, many believe is much better suited to play guard than tackle, was a four-star player out of Westchester, Ohio, the number 104 player in the 2022 class. So there's some talent there from Shabola. It's just a question of whether he's better suited to play on the interior than a tackle. So major questions there. I don't think Ohio State feels great about either player, Mikulski or Shabola. And as of today, the spring transfer portal closes. And as I record this podcast, Ohio State has not yet received any offensive tackle commitments from the portal. Now that may change by the end of the day. I hope it does. But, you know, I'm not even sure there are any starter caliber players uh, available in the portal anyway. Now there is some good news along the offensive line. I mean, the interior Donovan Jackson, Matthew Jones at guard, and sophomore Carson Hinsman at center. Those three players should be pretty good. The interior of the offensive line should be a strength. Uh, But it looks like Justin Fry is going to have to pull a couple rabbits out of his hat at tackle this season. And depth across the offensive line could also be a concern. Guard Ben Chrisman was a bit of a surprise entering the transfer portal this week. So... Uh, Look, man, I don't know what to say. Offensive line is the last area Ohio State wants to be deficient heading into Ann Arbor against Michigan. And that is a game, you know, we've learned the last two seasons that Ohio State cannot win with its quarterback and receivers alone, right? C.J. Stroud and the Ohio State receivers put up big numbers in each of the last two Michigan games. Stroud was well over 350 yards in both of those games. Ohio State had multiple receivers, uh, you know, with over 100 yards receiving in both of those games. And it was not nearly enough. You've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. You've got to be able to protect the quarterback against Michigan. This is a major concern in that matchup. And, you know, look, it's not ideal against the likes of Notre Dame, Wisconsin, or Penn State either. Um, you know, Ohio State gets two of those games, Notre Dame and Wisconsin on the road. Suffice to say, you know, Justin Fry has his work cut out for him before September. And I think this is going to have to be one of his best coaching jobs to get that offensive line ready uh, in time for the opener against Indiana. All right, let's turn our attention to the Ohio State defense. My third area to watch this offseason. Now, look, I've been as critical of Jim Knowles as any fan. I still have major doubts that he's the savior at defensive coordinator. We all thought he would be. The breakdowns of his defense in high leverage moments in Ohio State's biggest games last season were as bad as anything we saw from Greg Schiano's defense in 2018 or the Kerry Combs, Matt Barnes disaster in 2021. I mean, that's as bad as we thought it would get defensively for Ohio State. And yet it was worse under Jim Knowles in certain areas. Many of those breakdowns last season were avoidable with better situational awareness and less hubris from Jim Knowles, who, by the way, was the country's highest paid defense coordinator last season. And it was Knowles' failure in key moments against Michigan and Georgia that cost Ohio State a Big Ten championship and a national championship in 2022. Nobody will ever convince me otherwise, and I will die on that hill. So naturally, the defense, another area of concern for me going into the summer. Now, having said all that, I think the talent on Knowles' defense just might be too big for him to fail in 2023. I think Ohio State is going to be a as good as any team in the front seven this year. I think both the floor and ceiling of the defensive line are going to both 
be up a level in 2022 with JT Tuimolo out, Jack Sawyer, and healthy Mike Hall. By the way, keep your eye on Caden Curry. I'm expecting something between you know very good and elite from the defensive line. And I'm reluctant to just assume it's going to be elite because it's been a while since we've seen elite from an Ohio State defensive line. Personally, I think we've got to go all the way back to 2017. That was with Nick Bosa, Sam Hubbard, and Tyquan Lewis that season. And that line could simply take over games. We saw him do it against Penn State that season. We saw him do it uh, in the Cotton Bowl against USC. Now, I, I know some fans are saying, well, you're overlooking the 2019 defensive line, which is pretty special. But look, that had a singular talent in Chase Young, who was truly great. But the rest of that unit was, you know, was just solid. They weren't that good and certainly not great end to end like 2017. So uh, the, all, having said all that, though, I, I expect uh, elevated play from the defensive line from Ohio State. I think that unit is going to be good enough uh, for Ohio State to win a national championship in 2023. That is my expectation. And they might even be a very special unit that we'll talk about for years to come. I also love uh, what the Buckeyes return at linebacker and Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. Look, anytime you can get a consensus second team All-American to come back and play middle linebacker for you, that's a huge win. Steel Chambers, a very solid, uh, steady performer for Ohio State at the Will linebacker spot. Um, it's good to have him back as well. But I expect C.J. Hicks to force a timeshare with Steel Chambers at the Will. And there's some playmaking upside at that position now with C.J. Hicks. I think he's going to elevate uh, the playmaking at linebacker. So I'm really bullish on the Ohio State linebackers this season. And by all accounts, Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock at corner are completely healthy and both had great springs. The addition of Ole Miss transfer Davison Igbenosan at corner uh, has also elevated the play in that room. Uh, I think this might be the first season since 2019 that the cornerbacks will be a strength of the Ohio State defense, which is exciting. I'm really looking forward to watching that group play. Now, the only position group that concerns me is safety, which is a very important position in this safety-driven defense. Jim Knowles typically plays with three safeties. He asks a lot of those players in his defense. And it was that position group that completely fell apart against Michigan and Georgia last year. And it's not for lack of talent or depth that I have concerns for 2023 in this area. To me, there are a lot of options for Perry Eliano and Jim Knowles to choose from. But right now, I'm questioning their choices. Because... Uh, We've got two seniors with spotty track records leaving the spring as starters. And uh, I'm talking about Josh Proctor and Cam Martinez. Proctor, as of right now, is the starting adjuster. That's the position played by Ronnie Hickman last year. And Martinez is your starter at cover safety. That's the position Tanner McAllister played last year. Now, you know, look, I mean, for several years, I was one of Josh Proctor's biggest cheerleaders, but we're heading into year six. With Proctor, I don't know what more the coaching staff needs to see. And in the case of Martinez, we're headed into year four. You know, the lasting memories we have of both players from last season is of them getting torched in coverage for big pass plays. You know, in the case of Proctor, it was in the season opener on the very first play from scrimmage against Notre Dame. In the case of Martinez, it was of him getting torched against Michigan for a long touchdown. I just think Knowles and Eliano can ill afford to make poor choices at either positions. And I'm a little concerned right now that uh, they have so much confidence in Proctor and Martinez. I mean, 
you, you've got Sonny Styles, who's clearly ready ready for a bigger role. And, you know, you've got a secondary that is absolutely starving for his playmaking. Now, Styles doesn't play either of those positions, but I mean, you could easily slide Lathan Ransom over to the adjuster and make Styles the starter at the Bandit. Honestly, quite frankly, I, I thought that was a done deal. I was expecting that that was what would happen in the spring. It hasn't happened yet. You've also brought in a three-year starter from Syracuse in Jihad Carter out of the transfer portal, uh, a kid with a proven track record at the FBS level. Um, you have an athlete in Kai Stokes who has shown really good anticipation and and knows how to break on a football. He showed that again in the spring game. I mean, all three of those players uh, are ready for bigger roles in this defense. So uh, I'm a little worried, though, that uh, those aren't those aren't the players we're talking about at this juncture. Now, we have seen older players blossom late in their careers at Ohio State, just to be fair. Um, and, uh, you know, the examples of that are Damon Arnett, Devon Hamilton, Terry McLaren. Those are players that really didn't do much their first three or four years with the program and then exploded in their final seasons uh, to go on to be impact players. Um I sincerely hope that's what Proctor and Martinez turn out to be this season. But if that does not happen, it would be coaching malpractice to continue to give those players opportunities over the likes of Styles, Carter, and Stokes. I, I'm just really concerned uh, about the, the choices Knowles and Eliano ha- have made here. And I hope, I, I hope I'm proven wrong, right? I, I hope Josh Proctor and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Martinez turned out to be all Americans, um, but but I'm very concerned. That's really my only concern with this defense. So you know, keep an eye on what happens at adjuster and cover safety in the fall. Uh, Ohio State safeties, as I said, gave up a lot of explosive plays last season. I mean, the 2022 season was bookended by blown plays from safeties. I, I mentioned them earlier, right? You, you have Proctor giving up an explosive play on the very first play from scrimmage in the opener against Notre Dame. You got Lathan Ransom getting torched at the end of the playoff semifinal against Georgia for a 76-yard touchdown. And there were a bunch of other ugly moments in between by the safety group. Knowles and Eliano have to get this right in 2023. And the good news is they have more options this year than they do than they did last year. So let's hope they make better choices. Finally, the last make or break area I'll be watching this season is with player injuries. What in the bloody hell happened last season with all the injuries? In my 42 years as an Ohio State fan, I have never seen so many injuries in a single season and just so many key players as we saw in 2022. And I understand it's a violent game. Some injuries are inevitable, but the sheer volume last year just seemed extraordinary to me. And it seemed like the medical staff really botched the Jackson Smith and Jigba and Travion Henderson injuries in particular. I mean, it didn't seem like either player got sound guidance from the medical staff. They were both pressed back into duty way too soon. And as we know, as a result, neither was available when Ohio State really, really needed them. And in the case of Henderson, it also seemed like his teammates and coaches didn't really believe he was truly injured, which is a whole nother problem. It's a whole nother podcast. There were also lingering injuries to Mike Hall Jr., Mayan Williams, Denzel Burke, Cam Brown, Jordan Hancock, and Matthew Jones that all had major impacts on the season. It, it was weird because it seemed it seemed like players were getting injured a lot during practices in between games. 
And we'd see kids play a full game on Saturday with seemingly no issues. Then by the following Saturday, they were unavailable. There are whispers about issues with the playing surface, both in the shoe and at the Woody. It's the same surface the NFLPA wants ripped out of NFL stadiums because of risk of injury to players. Um, what's going on there? Right? I, I, why is this not a high priority? I mean, I think this should be the athletic department's highest priority looking into what's going on with this playing surface if there's a high risk of injury to players with it. Um, this needs to be a top priority for the athletic department. I mean, everything about how Ohio State handled injuries last year was just utterly annoying, uh, even down to the total vacuum of information around them. I don't think the program ever does the players any favors by being so coy with the media about injuries. I absolutely fucking hate it. It's actually the only thing about Ohio State football that I hate is how they handle injuries. Now, I sincerely hope there is some serious self-reflection this offseason by the medical staff, by the strength and conditioning people, by the coaching staff. I mean, they have to get this right in 2023 or it could totally derail the season. All right, that's going to do it for me. Unless there are some major developments over the next few months, and remember, no news is good news at this time of the year, I don't anticipate you'll hear from me again until early to mid-August. So until then, thanks so much for listening, and go Bucks. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.